Okay, we're here with Adam and Bridget from Mood for Hunger. I'm going to start off before backgrounds. Adam, I'll pick on you. Uh, are you guys more nervous about this interview than you were about the Today Show? Or I just uh, I'd say I'd say we're about equal, about equal levels of nerves here. <laughs> yeah, you're giving off real Al Roker vibes uh, today. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you well, just killed your credibility. <laughs> in like 10 seconds, yeah, we started out with a bang. Yeah, I, you could have answered honestly. <laughs> I do expect to see on the website now. It's like featured on the Today Show and the Digital Dudes podcast. Right. So. <laughs> we'll go very, very small. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. See, we told you, Adam. We'd start out with some bad jokes, and you agreed. So. Yeah. Bring it on. <laughs> yeah. All right, Adam. Well, why don't you introduce yourself, and then we'll let Bridget introduce herself, and we'll get into it. Sure. Uh, my name is Adam Lowy. I am the founder and executive director of Move for Hunger. Uh, we've been at, at this about 13 years now. Um, I can let Bridget, uh, why don't you introduce yourself as well, Bridget? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm Bridget Foley. I'm the director of Multifamily Partnerships. Um, and I've been with Move for Hunger for four years, pretty much the whole time <laughs> the multifamily program's been, been a thing. So Adam, I think you want to maybe talk a little bit about the the program or the the origins, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, so um, <laughs> I, I founded the organization uh, out of my family's moving business. My family's owned a moving company for about a hundred years. My great grandfather started it. Um, growing up, I had the joy of working on a moving truck, which I don't recommend to anybody. Um, it's not fun. Don't do it. Um, but you know what we learned was when people move, they throw away a whole bunch of stuff food, clothing, furniture, and it was the perfectly good non-perishable food that was getting left in the pantry or thrown away. Like that was what was really bothering us. Um, so Move for Hunger really started as this simple idea. Let's ask people if they want to donate their food when they move. Um, and it turns out people want to do good. You just have to make it super easy. Um, in this case, we were bringing a food drive into folks' living room. So uh, in a month, we collected 300 pounds of food. We expanded to work with more than 1,100 movers across the nation. And really our goal now is to leverage these moving and transportation systems to get more food, uh, prevent more food from being wasted and ultimately get food to, into the hands of people that need it most. Um, so that's that's kind of how Move for Hunger started in, in a nutshell. But uh, it's been it's been a heck of a journey over the past 13 years. Well, that's super helpful. Uh, yeah, I love the concept. I never thought about it, but whenever you move, it makes sense. You, you already have enough trouble packing up all your stuff. You have all this non-perishable stuff that you probably, you don't want to just like take somewhere because you got, you know, whatever, 30 or 40 pounds of it. Uh, so it makes sense to make it easy to drop off or to like. Yeah. And, and you know what, moving stressful, right? So this is, this is one additional service that can be provided to not only make you move a little bit smoother, but also make you feel good about what is a very stressful time in people's lives. Cool. And then Bridget, you said you joined as the multifamily connection happened. Uh, why don't you just talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. So back in 2017 is actually when Adam started uh, a pilot out in Washington State, out in Seattle. So we had about eight properties out there. And within six months, which was an incredible feat in of itself, 1,200 pounds of food from properties who were doing food, some food drives, but mainly just people who were moving out of their, their units. So I came on really kind of helped grow the program. We're now working with like 2,700 properties, almost 3,000. I'm, I'm working on that. Um, and we've collected almost over 415,000 pounds since then. So really trying to make that impact to your point, Adam, like just making it easy for people. I know when I moved out of my apartment after college, like I had to clean out every single cabinet out of all the girls that I lived with. And there was a lot of food and I wish I had something like this that I could just give it to the the property that, that I was work, living at uh, to give to the local community. So we all have like a certain story, I think, especially with moving um, and wanting to give back. So it's been it's been a hell of a ride <laughs> over here, I'd say. Um, and we're just really hoping in our fifth year here with the program to really expand. Yeah, that's cool. I did house it for Reed about a month ago and he probably has 400 pounds of food just in his cabinets. <laughs> so, uh, when he moves, he'll give you guys a call. So he doesn't have to. F oh, perfect. I'll yeah. give you my card after this. You'll hit the jackpot <laughs> with my house. If, uh, if we have, and, and, 
And, you know, we, we got into multifamily because 74% of people aren't moving with a professional moving company. So while we were really excited about the work that we were doing with the moving companies, Allied and Mayflower and North American, et cetera, we weren't really touching a huge percentage of the population that was relocating. And a lot of these folks lived in multifamily properties. Um, and it's been really humbling uh, to say, um, to see these like large management companies like, you know, Bell or Equity Residential say, hey, we want to do this for the right reasons, right? We want to make moving a more sustainable process for our residents. We also want to engage them and educate them about these issues of, of hunger and food waste. Um, I sure know when I started the organization way back when, you know, I didn't know that there were 42 million Americans, including one in six kids that go to bed hungry every night. Um, and at the same time, we in the United States waste 35% of the food that we produce. Food waste is a rampant problem here in this country. Um, so for us, it's really about connecting those dots and making do the donation of food part of that process. And uh, just super grateful to the multifamily industry that's really embraced this over the years. Yeah, that's awesome. I uh, That I think leads me to the, the question of how you operationalize this, especially you know, with the 74% you just mentioned. So I, I would imagine it's far easier, but I could be completely off. Yeah. Um, you know, we were, we were really fortunate in the beginning working with, uh, Bridget mentioned, we worked with Washington Multifamily Housing Association, um, WMPA, and uh, we teamed up with Court and Aboda. They were kind of our first two transportation partners up there, along with our movers. And what happened was um, we provided educational materials and food collection bags to the management companies and property managers. So when a resident gave notice that they were moving out, they'd receive um, basically a letter that tells you the need locally. This is how many people in your community are hungry. Here's the most commonly needed items to donate and a paper grocery bag basically to put your food in there. Um, you bring it back down to the leasing desk and then the properties would let us know on a monthly basis. So, um, you know, court was really pretty incredible. Um, they've actually expanded now to work with us across the entire nation. Their CEO, uh, Jeff, sits on our board of directors. It's something that they're incredibly committed to. Um, and they've made this part of their process. They want to make sure that, um, you know, the, they can pick up the food from these properties and deliver it to local food banks in the communities um, where these residents, you know, live and, and uh, really activate. That's super cool. And then um, I guess you have to have, obviously, distribution, like, centers um, across the country. How, do, how does that work once uh, things have been dropped off, you know, at the office? Um, who's picking it up? And then how do they determine where, how the food gets to these uh, these kids that are undernourished? Sure. Brad, do you want to take that one? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the actual program is these wonderful people, Court or 1100, 1100 Movers, they're the ones going into the property, picking up the food and bringing it to a food bank in that local area. So it could be a Feeding America uh, food bank. It could be a local like St. Vincent de Paul or, you know, out in Arizona, we do work with some property management companies who have specific food banks that they work with, um, like St. Mary's out there. And it's it goes straight there. Once we once they drop it off, we actually get the weight receipt and everything kind of is on the back end in, in our kind of database um, to make sure all the impact is being uh, credible, I would say, and audited, and also making sure that we're giving that impact back to the properties themselves and to our wonderful movers, our wonderful volunteers who volunteer their time to transport. So well, on the back end, it goes to anything that's local. Yeah. Well, ultimately, the food banks and pantries on the ground, they're, they're the recipients of the food and they, they distribute it from there to those individuals in need. Um, you know, we know that transportation is one of the biggest challenges for a lot of these food banks. So rather than spend their dollars trying to figure out how they're going to get food into the food banks, um, they can spend more of their time and resources distributing that food out because we are bringing so much food in. So is it, um, just to kind of hone in on what Reed's doing with the operationalized, if let's say you're Bell, um, you love the idea of like giving back. I mean, most multifamily companies have some sort of like charity arm, which I really appreciate about this industry. Mm -hmm. Um, but there, you know, for them, you make it easy because you, you provide the transportation so that they just have to like pass out the bags, collect it, call you guys, you guys have a moving company partner, come and pick it up. And then you guys take it to either a food bank chosen by the multifamily or is the food bank chosen by the resident. Yeah, well, uh, we, 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 by the property. It's 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 yeah. usually chosen by the property, or in in general, what we try to do is kind of consolidate that. It's always local, but 
whatever's really close to our transportation partners. Mm -hmm. So we definitely have our movers. I'd say in general, the majority of the pickups on the multifamily side are with court um, rentals just because they're servicing these units anyway. So they don't really have to, you know, do too many additional trips. Um, that said, it is a logistical feat, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that my team does really well to organize all of these pickups and deliveries year round. Um, but yeah, they'll, they'll get that food picked up and, and it gets distributed locally. So the, uh, I, I like that you're hitting the logistics cause that's what I was thinking of. Like, uh, when we interviewed, um, well, food for thought that, that we were just telling you uh, before we started recording yeah. Bob. Yeah. yeah. They they basically said the hardest thing for them is to get transportation. So they collect they're uh, they're specific to the front range of Colorado, and they are collecting food simply for those uh, for students because of what you said about one in six kids going hungry, and how a lot of these kids on the weekends they don't have meals. So they have a meal program yeah. when they're at school, but once they go home, they you know they go hungry, and so that's their entire mission. But Bob was saying transportation is one of the hardest things because they don't own any any equipment, so they only work with volunteer like you know trucks. Um, but it sounds like you guys, what I love about it is how you're reads term operationalizing and then handling the logistics of that, of like who needs to get picked up when, and it coincides with where court's already going, right? They're already- yeah, it's, it's about, it's about making it easy. Um, because nobody wants to do extra work. Don't get me wrong. Court does a ton of extra work for us. We're, we're grateful. Our movers do a ton of extra work. Um, but the more you can make it part of the process, the more you can align it with people's customers, um, the easier it's going to be for everybody to do. And we've we've gamified it. We do like community of the month and community of the year awards. We do leaderboards for our different management companies. We want everyone competing to see who can be able to feed the most people. Um, and not only are we doing this with move outs, but um, Bridget, maybe you could touch a little bit on um, some of the creative food drives um, that we do with the properties as well. Yeah, I mean, it, all of this talking about all this, it just kind of reminds me of the FPI management uh and chargey car giveaway that we did out in California, out in Sacramento. Um, we did like this really cool event where chargey was actually giving away a car for a can of food. You got a ticket and they actually, within I think about two weeks, collected 10,000 pounds of food, which was honestly incredible. Um, fortunately, that it was an easy win for me because they were our community of the year. I was like, you guys won this year. Here you go. Um, But people like to be creative in that aspect. And what even to me, what I like to hear is that the court furniture uh, rental reps that are out there have now made such wonderful connections with the food bank themselves, with the Sacramento food and fishes and loaves out there. And like, if they ever need help, they have that connection too. So to your guys' point, you know, a lot of these people, they uh, a lot of these smaller food banks, food pantries, they might not have logistics support, but we're here to actually help with that networking aspect too on the logistics side. So there's a lot of win-win winning here, um, <laughs> and we all love to we all love to win. We all love to be creative. I think at, at, in the multifamily industry, at least, <laughs> right? Yeah, I'd love to go through some of your guys' credentials just for anybody listening because we. Um, when, when we've talked with a lot of other groups, they're regionally based, but you guys I had seen have delivered meals to all 50 states over the past year. And now I love that you keep track of these numbers, like how many pounds delivered, how many meals, but you do, you've done over 22 million meals. I think I saw since you started at them. And then I guess yep. in the last couple of years, you guys have done 7 million meals, right? Um, Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. And I also yes, love yes. how open you guys are with your numbers. Like when I looked at your credentials, you guys had the uh, Candid, you had the Charity Navigator, you had all of these awards that were basically, I think one thing that folks like me have become nervous about is like, do I know that the dollars are going if I'm donating to good? And then also how how efficient is this is this organization? So I just love how you guys are like so open with those numbers. So if you if you wouldn't mind touching on some of the metrics that you guys pay attention to and look at and that you're proud of and Bridget, I imagine that's going to lean into your multifamily community count uh, over the last year. Yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah. I mean, at least on the multifamily side, we could start there and then Adam maybe go towards sure. like the whole organization. But and I mean, like I said earlier, the past five years, we start, we've now collected over 415,000 pounds of food. So that's- And, and, and how, much, how much of that was this year so far? And we're all not so even- far, right now we're at 65,000 pounds. So it's almost 7% of our total is this year alone. And it's wow. June <laughs> or almost June, it's May. So, and we have student living move outs coming up. The holidays, people really like to give back. Our Shark Week food drive is a is a killer whale of a time. Um, that was a, <laughs> that was a good well joke, done. Right? Hit it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, 
I, got, I learned that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I learned that from Adam. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, people, we have a lot of uh, food drives coming up and a lot of people moving out as well. So I, I expect us to hit or exceed our goal. We're, our goal was to hit uh, 250,000 pounds of food this year. I expect us to well go well over that goal. Um, another big metric that at least I personally look at is how many properties that we're actually in. So like I said earlier, like we're almost at 3,000 properties. Um, that's nationwide. And our goal is to get to 4,000 properties this year. And that's just anybody who has a leasing office, really, you know. Um, so we do work in all 50 states. Some of our top properties are uh, Washington, Texas, North Carolina, and Massachusetts. Um, but we are we are all in all 50 states. So if there's properties in Nebraska, they can, they can work with us too. And, and to, and to brag on Bridget just for a minute. Um, I mean, she, she has done an incredible job growing the multifamily program. I think in the beginning of 2020, we started with about 900 properties participating and, and virtually tripled that number by the end of uh, or 2021. So, I mean, like in, in a year or so, she tripled this, this property count and we're, we're seeing them grow. You know, we're seeing these, management companies, ownership groups, everyone cares about ESG. Um, they, they are trying to figure out more ways to engage their residents, engage their employees as well. Um, and Move for Hunger provides a lot of really simple out-of-the-box um, solutions for them to, to take part in. Um, beyond that, you know, we're really looking at, um, you know, how many pounds of food, how many meals are we able uh, to provide? You mentioned 22 uh, million meals thus far. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's a big deal for us. Uh, we want to continue seeing those numbers grow year over year. Um, we are very transparent with with where the dollars go. Uh, you know, over 96% of the funds we bring in go back to fund our programs, which is something that, you know, we're, we're super proud of. Um, I think the average $100 donation can provide about 250 meals, which is pretty cool. So, um, you know, not only doing food drives and food recovery, um, but we're really trying to think about things a little bit differently and, and let people know like, hey, you know, not, our, not only are we a good organization that is showing you our impact, you know, regularly, um, but we also want to make the process and doing good easy and fun, um, which, you know, I think sometimes it's hard to do when you're dealing with serious issues like hunger and food waste. But our whole mentality is, you know, if you get a lot of people and in this case, entire industries involved and give them something really small to do, your impact can actually be pretty significant. Totally. And to that point too, Adam, I was just going to say that um, not just making it tangible and fun, but uh, like an entire new industry that people would not have really talked about food waste and food insecurity. And it's all intersectional with housing and rental housing. Um, especially with a lot of things going on with rent moratoriums, evictions, things like that. Obviously, food insecurity also plays a hand in that too. So it's very interesting hearing from our properties now that are becoming more advocates in this in in our industry. Um, we you know, we couldn't have dreamed playing, to, playing yeah. with both kind of groups uh, Wait. with food food insecurity and with rental housing as well. We, we we couldn't have dreamed to see someone like an equity residential like making food waste and food insecurity part of their marketing platform. Like to see tweets going out about these issues. Like when did you ever see a property management company like putting that information out there? But now you have another advocate. You have that many more people that are educated, becoming educated about these issues and you can't fix problems unless you know they exist. So you really do need to have as many partners as you can out there spreading the good word. So question on the, the, percent I'll say of food donated is it a hundred percent uh during move outs or through the move out process because it would seem to me that now that you have a foothold in multifamily not that you would necessarily add move ins because it, it doesn't make as much sense as move outs but that you could have you know food drives or you know through you know the the relationships you guys have forged where it's happening in the middle of a lease instead of at the end of a lease. Because I feel like a lot of uh, people do clean out their pantry even before they move out. But certainly you guys are catching them at the right time. I just didn't know if, uh, yeah, if you could it's, comment on the percentages. It's it's a little, I mean, the major, the core of it is donate your food when you move out, right? Sure, so yeah. that's that's when we're kind of getting people. But also, as you know, most property management companies, like they don't want the residents to leave. So if we were only doing things when people moved out, then you'd be missing, you know, all of those other opportunities. So we do a lot of food drives and resident engagement while they're there. 
Um, Bridget alluded to our Shark Week food drive where we collect canned tuna fish because kids like tuna as much as sharks do. Um, we did our Spread the Love food drive in February around Valentine's Day. I think we had over 400 properties participating with that. Um, and, you know, some of our partners have gotten creative too. Uh, Court, I know I keep mentioning them, but they'll do they'll do food drives in their showroom and say, hey, if you bring in some food, uh, you know, this weekend, you'll get 15% off or, or something to that effect. We worked with FinCore. Um, who's, you know, maybe they're going through a uh, renovation and they'll provide a, f- a few collection bags because normally if you're going through a, a renovation in your apartment, you've got to empty your, your cabinets anyway. So um, we're finding ways to kind of reach uh, tenants throughout the year. Um, food drives, I'd say, is the bulk of our food and big food recoveries, but we're definitely also getting a lot of food from Moodouts as well. And. Uh, you mentioned that you only started multifamily four or five years ago. So the first, whatever that is, nine years, you guys were just, were just. how did it work? It was more about moving companies, trying to incentivize people. As they yeah. Were yeah. We started with moving companies. Um, we kind of scaled and uh, teamed up with all the majors like Allied, Mayflower, North American, Wheaton, et cetera. Um, then we kind of moved into relocation management um, companies. So working with a lot of those big companies like Altair Global um, and Weikert. Uh, so when big companies like uh, Google or Meta, you know, were moving their thousands of employees, um, they could then donate their food when they move through this process to their their relocation management company, and that was kind of our first introduction to temp housing, um, which I didn't really know was an industry up until that point. Um, and in, in learning about them, we began to kind of learn a lot more about the multifamily space, since so much of that is is interconnected. So. Um, yeah, it started a lot with just movers. And, and as you mentioned earlier, like a lot of organizations don't have the transportation. So beyond the food drives, beyond the, the moves, um, we started teaming up with big races and marathons. Um, I think in 2019, we recovered a quarter million pounds of food that was left at finish lines across the country. So think wow. Gatorades, peanut butter packs, et cetera. Uh, and today we're working with farms um, big CPG companies, um, fisheries, figuring out how we can get more fresh food um, and produce into food banks and pantries as well. So all of this hinges around logistics. Uh, it's it's really hard to do, but I think that's the reason no one else is doing this. Um, and and honestly, it's it's been making such an incredible impact for all of our partners on the ground. So is that like your superpower? Like if you think about all these other, there's a lot of food banks and things out there, but... Um, and they are always raising money. I mean, you, there's all kinds of things that are collecting canned food or what drives throughout the year. You guys, is it, I guess, is it, yeah, is that your advantage? The, is the logistics side of things and that from there, it lets you scale quickly because to go from 900 to 3000 properties is pretty incredible, but yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we've got three distinct superpowers if we're going to phrase it that way. One is transportation. We've got trucks, drivers all across the country that actually care and actually want to help. Um, two, uh, is, you know, we are incredibly creative. Um, so we're not, when we hold a food drive or an event, it's not just go put a can of food in a box. It's coming up with a shark week drive where you're actually going to find something fun and creative and a little bit competitive as well. Um, and then third is just, I've got the best team in the entire world. You know, like they, we, we do, we do a lot with a little bit. There's, there's like 20 of us managing movers, multifamily relocation, all these food drives, um, all these big food recoveries and fresh food, like we do a lot with a little bit. So as big and loud as we are, um, we are not one of these like several million dollar organizations. I would love to be. Uh, hopefully we'll get there one day, but we, we're, we're doing a lot with some incredible people behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll start with you, Adam, on the overall vision. Then like, where do you, where are you guys trying to go over the next 10, 20 years? And then Bridget, <laughs> like what, what's that mean for your end of things with multifamily? Um. Uh, had you asked me that before the pandemic, I probably would have been able to give you a more solid answer. I think the whole world uh, changed a little bit. We're all seeing supply chain issues being pretty dramatic. And for the first time, logistics is actually at the top of people's minds. So um, I, I, I hope we've become a little bit more relevant in, in terms of the work that we're doing. Um, in terms of like strategic vision, I think most nonprofit organizations, like their goal should be to not exist, right? So are we, are we actually eliminating hunger? Are we playing our part? Are we getting enough of the major players in the vertical industries that we're working with, moving, multifamily, relocation, to care about this and make you know, food waste reduction part of the process to the point where you don't actually need an organization anymore? 
Um, when I started Move for Hunger 13 years ago, I didn't know anything about running a nonprofit. If you asked me if I would run a nonprofit, I would have told you, you're out of your mind. Um, now that I'm in it um, and really seeing all these companies, as Bridget said, you know, you've got people volunteering at the food bank. I've got movers that join the board of directors of the local food banks. If we shut down tomorrow, there will still be companies out there doing the Move for Hunger program, which is really cool to me. So when I think about 10 to 20 years uh, down the road, it's I want a self-sustaining process that doesn't actually need an organization to function because the incentives should be enough for these companies to say, hey, we're doing the right thing, but it's also a smart business. And when you when you have those two things that marry well together, you don't actually need a nonprofit. Um, we're we're still pretty far from there, <laughs> but uh, that that's I'd say the the big vision that we're working towards. And inside that big yeah. vision, because we I had asked Bridget what. Was oh, there. sorry. Go ahead, Bridget. <laughs> it's okay. Got too excited it's all there. Good. I, <laughs> Based on Adam's I, response, don't worry. I get that way. I, we all get that way. Um, I would. I just would echo what Adam said. I think the the main thing on the multifamily side is to become more sustainable. It's the more sustainable solution to move out. We say that all the time. Um, and you know, if we can get to all million properties that are here in the U.S., I, that would be the best thing in in my book. Um, and just making it a business model for the SOP, the standard operating procedure for people who are moving out. Um, I think that's at least my big goal. I'd love, I can give you a quantifiable number, 10,000 properties in five years. I think I could do that, right, Adam? Um, and, <laughs> you know, so. definitely getting to a million pounds, that would be great. Um, so, I mean, like I said, just keeping it, keeping it with like the main organization goal of just making it a sustainable solution to move outs um, in the multifamily industry and making uh, bringing education, I think, to the multifamily industry as well. I think that's a big goal of Bridget, my team as well. We're trying to mm -hmm. scale the 10,000 properties in the next 10 years. So you're you're a little bit more aggressive than us, but uh, we'll follow. Oh, yeah. No, I, this is, <laughs> that, this is why Adam thing. put me in this position, because I, I'm like, ah, oh, 10,000, that's fine. I could do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's awesome. That's where I was going was what is your BHAG, <laughs> if you know the term, the big, hairy, audacious goal or your mission of going to the moon. Um, and it was a bit of a blend, it seemed like, between the numbers on your side, Bridget, and then what Adam's idea is of basically not not needing the foundation anymore. But I didn't know if there was a specific number for you guys that over the next five to 10 years, you know, what was- well, we're, we're, we're going into some strategic planning with our board in July. So hopefully oh, I'll have some more solid numbers <laughs> uh, where we, we really are going to look outwards uh, a little bit further and, and talk about you know, what, what is most important? What is moving the needle? I mean, we know some of that anecdotally, but uh, I think we need to continue to remain super focused on how we can get the most food to the most people um, and ultimately ensure that food isn't just wait, being wasted in fields either. Um, it's been really cool with multifamily and well, not directly tied to the mission, but like, hey, you've got all these properties that are being built or already uh, are built. How do we bring composting, you know, into the mix here, right? Like, these properties are spending a ton of money on trash removal services every year. Um, if you could get residents to compost, not only is it good for the environment because you're reducing all those greenhouse gas emissions, but you're probably going to save them a significant amount of money as well. So um, looking for our you know, friends and partners in the space that we can kind of make introductions to, I think things like that are no brainers for us in terms of reducing food waste. For sure. Well, um, I'm curious to hear, I, I think I caught student housing uh, also contributing, you you know, Bridget, I don't know if you intend to stay in just multifamily or if you're already working with student housing. I don't know if you guys mentioned senior living, but my bigger, I guess, opportunity, I'm sure you guys already identify, but we've been talking a lot more as a company about, David, in fact, just sent me an article about Jeff Bezos' second huge investment in single family rentals. But uh, that much harder probably to operationalize. But on the other hand, when you have those single family rentals, that's where you have a ton of perishable food, i.e. I'm yeah. your example, right? Um, so just <laughs> curious to hear a little more about outside of multifamily, but still yeah. let's call it within real estate sector, um, what, what the growth plan looks like. And, and in particular, if you don't mind speaking to that uh, single family rental. Yeah, definitely. So I mean, we kind of, Adam kind of talked a little bit about it with temporary housing. So we really started our like multifamily journey back in 2014 with the Corporate Housing Providers Association, um, as well as our real estate program back then. I think that's kind of when it started as well. So we kind of started ha having a little bit of a program. We love our CHIPA people. We love our CHIPA peeps. That's what I call them. Um, to peeps, if you will. Um, but, <laughs> but they made a lot of networking 
uh, for us in the real estate industry, as well as vacation rentals as well. Um, it hasn't been, we haven't been able to make it a full program yet, um, fully operational because like Adam said, we are small, but we are mighty. Um, so we do have a, a few people who work in those industries. We do work with the student housing uh, sector as well. So we have about 250 properties that are student housing. We also work with senior living as well or active adult as well. Um, that's a little bit of a smaller, I would say maybe 50 to 100 out of our grand scheme of things. Um, and then with single, it's interesting you say single family. Um, we just brought on an engagement manager who's really interested in doing like HOAs and single family homes. And she has 20 years experience in property management. So that's one of our goals this year is to hopefully kind of expand into that because like you, like you said, it's it's going to be a lot to try and manage, like where's going to be the drop-off point? Um, and when can we do the drop-off point? Is there a concierge person? You, those are the questions that you have to kind of ask. Um, the other big group that I would love to get involved with is military housing. Yeah, you read my mind. massive <laughs> uh, group of people. See, there you go. <laughs> uh, military housing. It's been kind of a conversation for us since the pandemic. Um, obviously, the pandemic was kind of rough for everybody and um, kind of took a back burner for our team, but definitely um, trying to re-up that this year. Um, I have a little bit more time on my hands with Jennifer. So that's been great. Um, I think the big really? thing there is getting onto the, onto the site, you know, so, uh, you know, really anywhere where there's movement. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, senior housing, I think is a huge opportunity because of the potential just food, um, you know, especially in the, some of those adult communities and senior living facilities. Um, student housing is its own beast because a lot of people move out all at the same time. So it's almost like this like grand, you know, one big donation type thing. Um, we're actually doing some other like work with some university campuses. Adam, I guess uh, I wanted to get into more of like, what are the biggest challenges then? Because you mentioned that you're super, one of your superpowers is logistics. You mentioned your team. You mentioned, you know, shoot, I forgot his third now. Logistics team. People. People. Well, no, people. Creativity. Oh, creativity. creativity. Yeah. Yes, I do want to get the Shark Week. I have that written down. Sparkle. But, uh, Sparkle. <laughs> but what, uh, what, is, what is the biggest challenge then? Because it doesn't seem like with Food for Thought, they have to raise a bunch of money because they got to go buy these meals every week to get, get them in kids' hands, but they still have transportation issues. seems like you guys are getting, you might be getting a lot of, I guess, donations. Well, anyways, I won't, I won't seed it for you. I'll just let you go. What's the, what's the hardest thing for you guys? Yeah, I mean, I think I think a lot of the struggles that nonprofits have are very familiar to us. So we have to raise money just just like everybody else. And a lot of times, you know, our our mission feels a little bit different because Food for Thought, which is an incredible organization, a lot of the food banks that we are delivering food to, you know, people people recognize you give them a dollar and they're going to go buy food and, and distribute to someone. We don't purchase food. We're teaching companies and individuals how to donate food and then organizing the logistics to pick it up. Um, logistics is not sexy, right? Logistics is not this like thing that people understand immediately. So it takes us a little bit more time to talk about the work that we do um, to ultimately get somebody to, to believe in our work enough to, to contribute um, financially. Um, and then additionally, yes, we've, we've put a lot of time, 13 years into kind of building up this infrastructure of trucks and drivers and companies that, that want to work with us. Um, but we're seeing driver shortages. We're seeing logistical challenges. All those things that you see out in the real world, they affect our ability to be able to go and recover food and, and get it out to people in need as well. So those are probably our, our two biggest challenges right now. Um, and just, you know, we're, we're tied directly to how uh, the market and, and the companies within this industry are really responding to the crisis out there in terms of supply chain. Mm -hmm. And Bridget, is it like shooting fish in a barrel for you when you're going to get these new communities? I imagine you're going to basically like the C-suite of an equity or whoever and saying, hey, can we roll this out versus going property by property? So if you discuss a little bit about your strategy yeah. and then in one hand, it seems easy to me if, I, if, if I'm a management company, I don't have this done. It seems like you guys are off the shelf. You're providing the games and all that to collect all the food. So mm -hmm. yeah, if you just give us yeah. some. So, I mean, our growth really has been pretty organic. Um, luckily we have 22 associations that are partnered with us and they allow us to go to all of these property management companies, any, any of these like uh, association events to talk to them. 
um, and also be in their newsletters, do our community of the year award and present that at different, um, different dinners and things like that. So personally, I am constantly on the road, constantly going to different meetings and really kind of doing that face-to-face kind of conversation with those those C-suite people. Um, But I'm also talking to the properties themselves. I've had so many, especially with Graystar, um, different regions, like I can have one Graystar in like South Carolina and all of a sudden I have all 250 gray stars in the entire Southeast region because one person was passionate enough to want to work with us and to give back to their local community. So I think it's been, it's been a mix, but I really would say like um, working with our associations has been backbone as well as working with our partners as well. To Adam's point, you know, these partners that we work with, they're already in the offices themselves, the onsite teams and talking about our partnership. It gives them a little bit of an easier pitch to talk about move for yeah. hunger rather than furniture sometimes. <laughs> so um, yeah. there's been leads through that as well. But uh, yeah, pretty organic growth. What were you going to say, Adam? I was going to say just to have a court or a Chadwell supply or an assurance, go out to their clients and customers and say, hey, here's a cause that we believe in. You you should uh, get involved. And that, that also really just helps introduce it. Um, Bridget does make it look easy, but um, just like anything else, like it's a lot of hustle, um, constantly trying to stay relevant. A lot of these properties also have causes that are near and dear to their hearts. And we always have to explain to them, like, this doesn't need to be the only thing that you do. We want you to keep working and supporting the organizations that you've been doing. I'd say the biggest uh, differentiator for Move for Hunger is we are a program that can make your process more sustainable every day. Um, for your managers, just by doing their jobs, we can ultimately feed people, right? You can't do that with other organizations. Usually the charity thing is like, hey, I've got to go do this extra thing. Um, not to say that there's no work, but we've really tried to find a way to make this part of the way our industry operates. And um, I like that I, you said that, yeah. Adam, where you're like, uh, we're trying to make it easy and and not more more to their job that they already have. I mean, on site, these teams, they are... I. God bless them. They have like 17 different hats that they wear just for one day of, of events. So, and then on top of it, you know, oh my gosh, management's coming and I have to go do this other charity event. So we're here to take it a little, take the ease off of doing good. Um, make sure that they kind of have a little bit of a, a good feeling, some reward. But at the end of the day, you know, you are giving back to your community. And I think at um, another good point to make is that a lot of these property management companies that we work with, already have initiatives within environmental, social, and governance as a whole. And we kind of fit very easily in all three of those kind of topics um, on top of, you know, even volunteer work rather than going off site, maybe to a food bank or, you know, a beach cleanup over here on the Jersey shore, um, they can volunteer their time on site as well. So there's a lot of benefits and people, it's kind of not for nothing. It's a little bit of an easy sell for myself. So to answer your question, it's been pretty organic for, for our growth. <laughs> yeah, well, I love that you guys are making it so recurring. It's like we've talked to a lot of different organizations and it's more of, I'll just say, I know you guys do a lot of stuff with like 5Ks and walkathons and and all that, but that's like an event. It's like you're putting on a birthday party and I tell Reed I never even want to organize a birthday party because it seems so hard. <laughs> so I love that it's built in and you have roughly 50% of people moving out every year at when they're when they come for renewal. So you guys yeah. have automatic built-in turnover. Um, so I guess, I mean, you've talked about logistics being one of your superpowers, but let's, how do you keep track of all this? Is there like some like CRM or system, or have you guys had to build one? Cause I, I can't imagine at this point at spreadsheets, like keeping track. of. No, no, we, uh, we, we, we love Salesforce. We, we live and breathe inside Salesforce. Uh, we've, we've, we've customized the heck out of it. I'll, I'll tell you that, but, um, you know, we're, we're tracking all of our relationships, all of our pounds of food, all of our donors. Um, and we can report that back, uh, in any way, uh, shape or form. So while well, Bridget said, yeah, we can, ha- you know, we can be that, ESG initiative for a lot of these properties. Not only that, but we can report back to them mm-hmm. what they're doing. You know, Bell Pro- Bell Partners, two hundred plus properties. Here's what you did last year. Here's here's how many pounds of food you collected. Here's how many meals that provided. Here's how many uh, you know pounds of CO two gases uh, were reduced because that food didn't end up in landfill. 
Um, these are metrics that they're looking for. And just by participating, we can then report that back to them. So um, again, trying to make it easy all the way around. Yeah, well, with uh, Reed was mentioning uh, Fiona Forward, I think before we started recording, and that was one of our first things that in the first year, what did we do? And it was hard to like come up with numbers of like what, shoot, where was this a success? Was this worth the energy we put in it? I mean, it's easy to like uh, count the dollars that are tied to like something at QuickBooks for us, but it's not as easy about the like human capital or the rest of the impact that we're having. And we've done a better job tracking that now, but not it's not it's not 100% yet. So I love that to your point, I'm thinking of you guys almost as franchising this model for like, okay, you want to do something good. It's like, it's done for you. You, you guys give them the blueprint, then you give them like these like games or whatever that come up like in Valentine's or Shark Week or whatever. And that, that takes all of the heavy lift off of their shoulders. So the, the bigger you guys get, the easier it it is for you guys to scale. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, like using that example for like the, the spread the love food drive or the shark week food drive when properties sign up, you know, they're getting flyers, they're getting food collection bags, they're getting social media images that they can kind of share out and customize. Like we give them the whole suite. If they want a press release template um, that they can use to talk about the good work that they did. And when they send us photos, we're going to share about it and brag them on our national social media platform as well. So um, we wanted to, we want to take that lift off. So for properties that are looking to engage their residents, we've got you covered. Uh, we literally do this uh, in ways that are fun, competitive, uh, but most importantly, provide local impact. Cool. Well, I have a big idea. <laughs> are you guys ready for this? I like big ideas. We like big ideas here. Adam, you took it right out of my mouth. All right. Well, if you get serious about single family and and maybe uh, this doesn't need to happen in tandem, but um, when do you guys introduce the idea of uh, Uber for for nonprofits? So drive for hunger instead of just move, move for hunger, right? And then my wife, <laughs> who I know would participate, I'm telling you, would be able to put uh, perishable food in her car, in her trunk and move it to a distribution center. It's the exact kind of thing that I could see our neighborhood like getting behind and getting excited. And then if you had the the masses, right, the the opportunity for, you know, um, anybody to get involved on the logistics side, meaning on the transportation, uh, that that could be a game changer. So that's my big idea, drive drive for hunger. It's, it's, it's a good idea. And don't, don't think that we haven't been thinking about that. We have spoken to a lot of the big ride share companies, Uber included. Um, who also, by the way, stepped up their game during the pandemic, um, distributing food out for, uh, from food banks, um, getting all those uh, to home delivery, especially for elderly people that you know weren't really able to go and leave their home um, to, to go pick up food and groceries. Um, there's something there, uh, but it's it's a challenge. There's a few uh, good food recovery organizations that are have built some technology around it, though, that uh, we might be looking to leverage in the future. But um, it's not a bad idea. Not, not at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I love that you already approached the ride sharing companies. I, I know, again, uh, just speaking firsthand experience, my wife loves to volunteer and do stuff. She only has so much time, but she's always in the car. She's always on the run, you know, just trying to uh, get people where they got to go, uh, not to mention running her errands. And so I think it's actually, <laughs> as you guys look for those low friction, right? The easy opportunities for people yeah. to get involved. If she just knew a place that she could go to, to pick up, you know, and and drop off, I, I think she'd be a, a very willing participant. So look forward to seeing uh, oh, where you take yeah, it. Yeah. Ho- hopefully more to explore on that end. For yeah. Sure. Yeah, totally. Well, um, oh, I had, uh, can I squeeze one more in this, this came back to the reporting, you mentioned Salesforce, but one of the things I think food for thought does pretty well is they try to make sure. And one of their, uh, differentiators is, is having the people actually like putting everything in the container, moving things around, like kind of that camaraderie that you get versus something happening more in isolation, which is I just drop off to my property management company and then I'm out. So the feeling of, of knowing that you made an impact or other people are, are doing it with you, I didn't know how you guys approach that. If that you're doing your best to get at that, you know, through social media, I think at three o'clock or something, he sends out a notification just letting you know that, you know, the foods actually hit the schools and, mm-hmm. you know, something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if you guys have any comments on, on how you try to uh, bring the experience, I guess, more into it um, for people that yeah. are donating. Um. Feel free to add to this, but um, really, a lot of a lot of our audience, if you will, is less about that individual that's donating food, but more about the property. 
We want the individual to have a good time. We want them to have a great experience, but we're putting the tools in place to the property management companies and the property managers. So um, for example, if we finish up a big food drive and they've gotten all the materials from us already, and then we get our weight receipts back, we're going to let the management companies know uh, and those managers know exactly how many meals that, that food provided, right? It's not just, oh, you collected 500 pounds of food. It's like, no, you collected 500 pounds of food, which feeds about 450 people. Like, congratulations, right? So there's certificates that are sent out that way. Uh, we've done team building events as well. Bridget mentioned, you know, education is a real big part of this, which also can happen on the resident side. Um, we do anything from like trivia uh, where, you know, we're doing Shit's Creek trivia and then maybe also incorporating some information about hunger and food waste um, all the way up to like big events. We were just um, with HD Supply um, in Atlanta at, you know, one of their annual meetings and with their entire team we, or with their entire leadership team, we did a 200 person truck pull where teams of 10 competed to pull a truck in the fastest time. Um, and we had, I think, about nine pallets of food um, all set up, which was delivered to the local food bank as well. So there's a lot of different ways um, that we're kind of building that camaraderie and doing something different and fun. Um, and again, kind of going back to it's that's on our team to figure out how we can not only stay relevant and creative, but but also create things that are fun and different to implement that not everybody's going to do every day. And not every day you can too, go and say you pulled the truck. Right. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Definitely look at the LinkedIn, our LinkedIn post about it. There's a whole video about the HD supply down in Atlanta, that truck bowl, and it's so fun. Uh, the winning team was very competitive, but I would like to say just to Adam, we like to use the tech that the properties already have. Like we're not trying to reinvent the wheel at the property here, you know? So if they help use apps like Modern Message, Kobu, Hopper, things like that, you know, trying to work with the properties team themselves and their rep with those different apps and being like, Hey, okay, here's some copy. Here's some verbiage for the move for hunger program that you can just put right on there and have a push notification. And, you know, if somebody brings in a can of food during the year, they get 25 points that goes towards gift cards, you know? So kind of yeah. also implementing those different things too. I think the, the technology the is property team. Yeah. The property yeah. team to the resident and to really connect them as well. As you know, they, they like to see people when they're not angry in the properties on site team. And, and, and for and for the uh, tech and for the tech companies, you know, listening, you know, within the industry, like we definitely want to work with you. There's a lot of ways that we can integrate um, into your resident portals, into your payment portals, into your engagement portals. Um, you know, even whether it be for the resident or even just the property. Property can request a pickup. Um, if they've got food collected or they can sign up to participate if they're not, or maybe they can see the leaderboard and how they compare it to the other, you know, properties within the portfolio. Like we are doing that on our side, but if there's ways to integrate that into what the property management companies are currently using and what the residents are currently using um, to us, that's the quickest way for us to further get the message out and scale our impact. Yeah, I love it. I love the fact that you guys will work there. And we've got some connections we can uh, hook you hook you guys up with after. I figured you might. <laughs> Expanding just a bit on this on the social media, um, and I guess marketing. Hopefully, you guys aren't offended by that word, but uh, like trying to help promote the cause. Um, have you found with some of these larger PMCs that you you've now brought on um, that they're going as far as you know adding content to the website or you know, is it typically been just reserved for, you know, occasional tweets, which is, I'm not saying is a bad thing, but to me, David and I both, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with B Core. Mm -hmm. Just Yeah. So I, I love to give a shout out just about uh, like marketing and having those web pages and things like that. Uh, Trinity Property Consultants. I'm going to give Cassidy a, a shout out. Um, they have a full web page with a tracker for what all of their properties do not just with the Move for Hunger program, but with their other uh, initiatives that they work with. Um, they always have different ones coming in and out. So uh, Trinity Property Consultants definitely has been able to implement the program, not, not just putting a logo on the website, which is still great, but also showing, uh, educating people on like, hey, this is, you know, one in eight Americans are moving out. One in eight Americans are going to bed hungry. And we are taking the stance to make a difference in all of our communities. So um, big shout out there. But a lot of people do bring 
bring it to social too on LinkedIn, Instagram. Instagram's massive and we are on TikTok now. So um, if anybody uh, does like a TikTok repost, <laughs> definitely, um, you know, we will reshare or, you know, stitch and things like that. So yeah. um, we've, we've, also created, we've also created like social media milestone badges too for social media. So when properties are able to feed a certain amount of people, we're giving them that content that they can go out and share with their residents, with their potential tenants um, to really talk about the work that they're doing to, to feed their communities. So it's not just a matter of like, are they putting it there? It's a matter of us uh, of us actually creating the content and telling them what to do with it. Um, oftentimes we're surprised when we hear stories like Trinity, but um, you know, we're, we're definitely seeing them implement what, what we're sharing with them. I had just one last thing as you were talking through that, the badges and um, well, going beyond that, but uh, if you're familiar, as you said, Adam, with B Corp, it, it's kind of a, a status, I guess, as far as what these companies are giving back. And so if you partnered, which obviously you already have um, outside, even even your vertical, I'll say within, um, you know, the, the hunger. Uh, and then, I mean, I just love to see this. So I'm just sharing, but that in this industry, if there was a collection of uh, nonprofits that, you know, a gray star somebody could work with that would then be something they they could promote, right, with potential resonance where it's like, you know, we work within, you know, or work with several charities and nonprofits. And that's our ongoing commitment, you know, back to, to our resonance and not to be too profound, but to the world that I think, you know, it makes things really interesting. We've been pleased to know that a lot of our employees that have found out about Fiona Ford, they say um, it's been almost a tipping point for them with the company, just, you know, that they are really serious about trying to find companies that they can get behind, not just, uh, you know, because it's a good opportunity, but because they really believe in them. So I just think it's interesting as, as you guys hopefully do get more and more momentum that maybe you'd have that kind of leverage uh, to then work with other partners and, and start something even bigger as far as, uh, you know, kind of that B core concept within multifamily. Yeah. And you know what, Pete, I mean, you hit the nail around the head. People want to work at companies that are doing good. So yeah, um, it's not only about how we're getting these companies to create impact, but it's also how you recruit and you retain good talent that is loyal and ultimately wants, wants to be there for the right reasons. You're seeing more and more, um, you know, at least leading up to the pandemic and probably still a little bit now, people people just started quitting their jobs and saying, you know, money is not the most important thing anymore. Like I want I want a little bit of a sense of purpose, especially for some of the, the younger generations. Um, you're seeing it in their, in their trends of who they purchase from, um, where they're living, you know, in the cases of, of tenants and multifamily, but also who you work for. And um, it's it's in our industry's best in for interest to wear those ideals on your sleeve um, and move for hunger is one of those ways that, you know, our industry can show its commitment to social good. Exactly. Yeah. Well said. Well, let's, uh, we like to sort of finish out with hot takes. I feel like Adam, you started to give a hot take. I don't know if you guys need a definition here, but just where you guys may be a little bit contrarian to the norm or you just are very passionate about something that's gone wrong. So Adam, I loved how you were saying you, it's almost your objective to work yourselves out of a, out of a job or out of an organization. Cause you're like, if this is built into the process, you don't, you're not needed. And therefore you're, you're completed. Uh, I love that mentality, but are there other angles like that where you guys feel pretty passionate or opinionated about something that uh, maybe goes against the grain? That's a good question. <laughs> I usually you have know, a lot of opinions. <laughs> I think, I think, um, Another thing very similar in vain is just when you think about food waste in general, food waste, in my opinion, is one of the dumbest problems that exists, right? 35% of the food that's produced in the United States ends up going to landfills. Uh, that happens at a whole bunch of different levels, food rotting in fields, not being picked because it's ugly, not being sold at the grocery store because it's ugly, going spoiling in, in transit. Um, but a lot of that food is actually going to waste in people's homes. Um, so I think at some point people and restaurants and grocery chains are, are going to get it in their heads that not only is this the wrong thing to do because people are hungry and you shouldn't be throwing the food away, but it's also costing people a significant amount of money and companies a significant amount of money to throw food away all because, you know, you look at your food in your house and it says best buy, sell by, use by expires on, and none of that means anything at all. 
So if we'd stop just putting all of our faith in like what a date label says and maybe just sniffing our food a bit or meal planning or freezing our food and just thinking about how we treat food a little bit better, um, not only will we be, pre be preventing food from going to waste, but we'll also end up with a few extra bucks in our pockets. And that I feel is something that can happen. Uh, you know, little small actions create pretty significant impact. Yeah, Nicole and I often I argue have, over that. Oh. The, the exp expiration <laughs> yeah, date. Yeah. I was cooking. Yeah. I didn't tell her, but I was making eggs this weekend, and they were two two weeks past their expiration date. <laughs> and my my uh, my mark is three weeks because of I googled, you know, like six months ago. But my wife Nicole <laughs> is very. If it's like coming up to the day, she's like, I got, it's got to go. I don't know if that's a hot take or just public opinion, but I think it's all <laughs> a racket. I think it's a bunch of BS, you know? Yeah. It is a racket. It's a, it's another way for companies to sell more exactly. food. Exactly. Food expires through a biological process where it literally breaks down and begins to release methane. If it don't smell or taste bad, it's still perfectly good. I'll yeah. see if I can sell that on my Hot take. <laughs> I like it, Adam. Well done. All right, Bridget, what do you got? I don't have too much of a hot take, but I guess to more of like the, the passionate side of everything definitely is, is advocacy and bringing a lot of the food insecurity issues um, to light in every single demographic and community. So I know here at Move for Hunger, we do a lot of work to make sure that like our blog posts, our educational pieces are kind of like looked at in a DE&I perspective. Um, for example, we have a racial equity page that talks through every kind of just quote unquote disparity and inequality um, dealing with race, with food insecurity. We have, you know, Pride Month's coming up, LGBTQIA plus community uh, dealing with uh, food insecurity as well. So, I mean, I think all of this is, it's all intersectional. I know I keep putting that nail or hammering, hammering that in, but like it really is. And I think education is is key to everything um at the end of the day all of us can really do something to do good i know to your uh to your guys point with the uber situation my immediate thought was if every single person just thought for one second to give back to their local community whether it be through food waste or food uh, climate change issues or food insecurity issues you know i think the world would definitely be a better place and we're just here to try to make it a little bit easier for people to understand that so i don't think it's a hot take i think it's a it's a pretty it's a passion uh, it's a passionate take. take it's even better passionate yeah. take yeah passionate take there we go we'll take it cool thanks you well, take it uh, if, if one of our listeners wants to get in touch with you guys it sounds like you you are interested in other uh, tech uh, partners from the industry obviously with with properties, but what's the best way for them to reach out and get in touch? Yeah, visit moveforhunger.org. Um, everything that you need is right there. Um, you can go to moveforhunger.org slash join to sign up if you're a property or a management company. You can check out our partners page if you're you know, one of the industry suppliers looking to do more. Uh, we have employee engagement events if you want to get involved that way. Or to Bridget's point, if you just want to learn more about the issues of hunger and food waste, uh, we've got a wealth of resources uh, right on the website that way. So Please come check out the site. Um, follow us on social media. Um, if this uh, interview has inspired you at all, consider making a donation and supporting our work. Um, it's it's easy to do good, and we're excited to, uh, for the opportunity to work with you. Wow. Solid. Hold on. <laughs> Here we go. Yes, there you go, Reed. Take Reed, your bow, Adam. <laughs> Reed wants me to use these drops more, so there you go. You got to cheer. Well, thanks, you guys. We really appreciate the time and uh, for... Uh, yeah, just giving us an hour and fighting through our technical difficulties. So really appreciate it. It's all good. Thank you very much for having us. You guys. All right. Now it's just going to upload for a second. So if you guys just hang on, uh, it should yeah. say up in your top right corner how how uploaded you are. And then once that, once you're clear. Hey, Bridget, you, you uh, <clears throat> if you, you're comfortable with it, you could uh, share, I guess, a list of uh, either prospects or, you know, who you're already working with. But Digible's closing in on 100 different management companies that we work with um, and, you know, touching about 2,000 different properties ourselves. So we'd love to be a part of the, you know, the cause, if you will. Yeah. Um, but if we also don't want to, obviously, if there's overlap. Oh, like, of course. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to the extent that you want to share uh, um, who you're talking to, then uh, we'd be able to help fill in the gaps, maybe. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. 
Yeah, we'll, we'll get you a list of our uh, management companies. Happy, happy to help you fill in the gaps. Cool. Uh, mine is said uploading at 58% for about 20 minutes now, just so you're aware. Okay, thanks. <laughs> I don't know if that matters. Now, in a second, what we'll do is we can close out the call and you can just leave the browser open. And then if, it, yep. if nothing happens, whatever, by, by this evening, you can shut it. I've got you guys also recorded locally. Um, so I don't know. We just had a rough okay, day cool. today. Uh, and then for tech partners, it's okay. it was a Monday. You guys are saying technology connections. It sounds like the CRMs you guys are definitely make sense to work with. Are there other parts of the stack that you guys want in interest to? Um, yeah, I mean, like I'd, I'd definitely be interested in uh, like the Yardi and Trata, like those types of companies of the world. Um, we're working with Updater. Uh, they're head of marketing is on our board of directors, so we've, we've got them, but. Um, really just places that, that we can integrate. Um, Bridget mentioned some of like the uh, resident engagement tools that are out there. You know, those those are super interesting to us. Because um, but whatever, and even payment processors. I mean, something we're going to be doing with um, Bell in the fall, we're going to do a rent raffle. Um, so anyone that donates, I think it's going to be like $25 is going to be entered to win a free month's rent. Um, and Bell's basically donating five of those, like up to $10,000, which is crazy. Wow. So. Um, you know, I think those are also creative ways that we hope to be able to fundraise. You know, they've got 60,000 residents, so you don't need that many of them to, to donate to actually uh, raise a you know, good amount of money for us as well. Yeah. Well, also, I guess, Bridget, um, if there's anything you want us to send over to the management companies we're working with, what I'm thinking is we'll get with Erica and she'll, once this is, this will be published in like two to three weeks, but uh, we have our new newsletter that goes out to those management companies. And then uh, she can also, we can follow behind with like direct sort of like connection. So it's not just like a blast, but it's more personalized. So if there's anything that you want us to, I don't know, highlight when we're connecting you, like, Hey, this is only going to take you guys like an hour to set up or whatever. Like that'll make it easier, you know, for them to want to jump on a phone call. With you guys, um, would would you want just like kind of like a short a short email and like maybe a maybe like a link or, or an attachment or like a one sheeter? Yeah, yeah. I think the biggest yeah, pushback or hesitant. We could do one sheet. We could do. Yeah, I think what uh, David just said. If, if the setup, like, what does it take to onboard a property? Yeah, will be the first question I would ask. I yeah, think. and yeah. if you guys have a one sheeter around, like, here's how it usually works: you onboard, we provide you with events, whatever, whatever. At the end of the day, blah. I mean, I'm not trying to make you do anything extra you don't have, but totally. it, yeah. back to process, Adam, I'm almost thinking like this could be something as we onboard new management companies, because we onboard about one a month. It's easy for us to then make a connection like, hey, here's here's a group we really like. You, here's their material. And you should reach out to Bridget to just get more info if it interests you. That would be great. Yeah, we, we could totally do that. And yeah. Bri Bridget. I, think we, I know we have a one sheeter that I can just like create. Mm-hmm. And on a C-suite, who are you yeah. typically like spending the most time with or targeting? You know, because obviously when you think these properties, a lot of, I mean, it's not necessarily going to be the CEO or the president, but, you know, somebody that's really focused on the brand image, which often does end up being marketing, but they may or may not. Yeah. They're focused mostly on lead gen, but some of them are more focused on the brand. So just curious yeah, who within so, the executive team. It kind of is all over the place. Yeah. So sometimes it's sustainability. Sometimes it's marketing. Recently, a lot of uh, operations people are the people who I've been talking with. But um, a lot of like maintenance people are now like just now kind of hearing about it and, and really taking charge. So um, it's kind of anybody there. Usually I work with the regional people and then to the VP or a VP will see it and then have their regional talk to me. Um, and the CEOs are like, yeah, great job. But but, it, but if we were looking for like an initial starting point, I'd say marketing or ops, okay. uh, probably the best best two places to go. Great, yeah. Our primary contact, yeah, is marketing, <laughs> and, and then secondary is ops. So mm -hmm. uh, yeah, this will work well. Well, we'll we'll get we'll let you guys go here, and then uh, we'll get with Erica. Make sure everything gets edited together and good. And then I think this will make a lot of sense for us to tie together into our own campaign. Um, and then we, you know. We don't all need mm -hmm. to be strangers. If if Bridget, you're ever running into an issue or someone that you need to get in touch with, we're happy to like work our network to help get you there. Um, but I just, as Reed was saying, yeah. you guys are kind of a direct hit, and it's, I'm just really glad that that Erica found you guys. No, we're we're thrilled as well. Yeah. And uh, like I said, if you guys want to talk about just getting your company more involved too, um, it feels it feels like we're already finding some ways where you guys can help us, which is great. 
Um, but if you want to do some employee engagement or team building or Shits Creek trivia, um, you know, I'd be happy to do some of that with you guys as well. Awesome. Yeah, it sounds great. I was even going to say one last thing is, you know, my brain always goes long-term. So like hunger action month, I don't know if you guys do content specific to any kind of campaign or things like that, but my brain immediately goes to hunger action month in September. Obviously it's a huge campaign for ourselves. And I think it would be really interesting to see what we can maybe do there. Um, whether content or um, connections or anything like that through our, at least our, our groups. Cause a lot of people do campaign uh, food drives during that time too. Yeah. We're always going to look out for, you know, causes to help support or promote. So at the very least we could push out some social media in September to back you guys up, but the timing may work out depending on where we land. Last year we did our annual summit um, in uh, September uh, and so we haven't had a devoted, I, I'll say, I guess, kind of foundation or charity that we've wrapped into the summit. We, we've plugged our Fiona Ford a little bit, but typically it's more just thought leadership. But I love the idea of wrapping something in there. And if it were to be in September this year, as it was last year, that could be a really great opportunity for you guys, because we do cast a pretty wide net there. We have decent, you know, online attendance. We've actually done the event here. But then uh, when we start pushing out kind of the different uh, um you know, segments or whatever, uh, they get a high amount of viewership and listenership. So that could be a, a cool opportunity as well down the road. Yeah. We'd love that. Well, thank you guys very much. We appreciate it. Um, looking forward to seeing it all edited together and we'll definitely be in touch. All right. Yeah. All right. Thank Thanks, you, Adam. Too. Thanks, Bridget.